Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. For years, natural gas was lumped in with coal and oil as a climate-negative energy source. But now, natural gas is shedding that climate pariah status in countries that hoped to make a clean energy transition in the near future. Why? Russia's war in Ukraine has significantly disrupted energy markets and threatened energy security. In countries that were hoping to have green economies soon, need natural gas to sustain them now. But this new demand for natural gas has shaken up the energy world in more ways than one. Energy resources are now being diverted and displaced, while tensions between rich and poor countries over access to fuel have only gotten worse. So today, I chat with Politico Zach Coleman about why natural gas is back on the rise and what that means for rich countries, poor countries, and the fight against climate change. It's Friday, July 15th. So, Zach, Russia's war in Ukraine has changed how rich global leaders view natural gas as they hope to make their economies green in the future. So what explains that shift? What's behind it? Well, I mean, right now, energy prices are spiking. That's one major thing that's unsettling politics across the world. And there's this desire in Europe to make sure that there's enough fuel for the winter heating season coming up. Otherwise, you're going to be paying exorbitant prices on the spot market or even having shortages of fuel for heating. So it's really just a time in which people are understanding that we haven't yet quite gotten across the finish line of this clean energy transition. And there's a scramble for supplies as we've had these major disruptions from Russia's war in Ukraine. Right. And when you talk about the scramble for supplies, which countries or parts of the world specifically do we see really buying up more natural gas? And where are they buying from? Well, right now it's Europe that's driving a lot of this. You've seen them try to ditch Russian fuel. And to this point, they were really relying on Qatar and Russia. So when you take Russia out of the equation, you have to get it from somewhere else. So the U.S. has been supplying more. But there was a major U.S. facility, Freeport, that had a fire and is now taking that facility offline. So you have an even tighter supply on the global market. So what you have is Europe trying to buy all this fuel on the spot market because they don't sign long-term contracts. It's something that they just never did. They thought if we need it, we'll pay for it. And since they have top dollar, they can beat out other countries like Pakistan and Bangladesh that were also used to paying in the short term. And now they just don't have the money to compete with Europe. So it's causing all these distortions of global energy flows. China is also not able to buy natural gas at the rate that they used to. So they're turning more to coal and they're turning to boosting domestic coal production, which is terrible for climate change because China's already the world's greenhouse gas leader. So you've had all these distortions from basically Europe trying to replace Russia's supply as a result of trying to punish Vladimir Putin for his invasion of Ukraine. Interesting. And on that point on China moving to coal here, you also report how this push for natural gas by rich Western nations has had negative effects on the efforts of poor countries to combat climate change. 
African nations in particular seem rankled by this new Western push. So why is that? Well, it seems hypocritical because you've had a whole bunch of European countries and the United States telling African nations, well, look, we know you have energy right now, you have natural gas, and maybe you can develop a little bit of that, but we really need you to transition to clean energy because if you rely entirely on fossil fuels to support your economic development, we're going to blow past our climate targets. And African countries for a long time have said that's really unfair because you guys built your wealth on fossil fuels. So what they're now seeing is, okay, this experience of trying to get your economies running and smoothly and keep politics on your side is really difficult. You know, you're scrambling for supplies now as prices are spiking. It's not so easy to skip to clean energy, is it? That's kind of the message. So they see the G7 reversing some policies on financing overseas oil and gas infrastructure through the end of this year. But what a lot of African countries want to see is more finance coming to their countries so they can develop their own hydrocarbon resources and use them for electricity at home to help hook up people who don't even have access to electricity right now. So you're going to see a lot of African nations band together and try to push back against a lot of these Western world policies that outlaw financing oil and gas development and oil and gas infrastructure at upcoming international forums. Right. And so looking at the full picture here, so there's an apparent unequal sharing of energy resources and funding between rich and poor countries. So how do you see what's happening here overall impacting efforts to fight climate change? Well, it's interesting because you see the scramble right now in the short term from Europe trying to get supplies that are for here and now. There are some short term negative effects, but Europe at the same time has also said we are going to accelerate our transition to clean energy because of the energy security implications that this move away from Russia has presented. We don't want to be reliant on having to scramble for supplies on the spot market. And they are not yet committing to long term contracts that would bake in lower costs for that fossil energy because they're cognizant of these long-term climate goals that they have. So right now is really a wait and see. It's whether Europe decides to actually ditch those climate promises that they've made to people that they would get off of essentially carbon energy by the middle of the century. That is where we're really going to see a lot of this come to the fore. Now, if they start baking in these long-term natural gas contracts, you're going to have a lot more projects come online, you will have a lot more steel in the ground that has to be paid off over the long term. And that could then set us beyond our climate targets. But for now, that investment has not come online because people are not taking the long term contracts. And a lot of the product developers are not yet convinced that countries are willing to abandon their climate policies. But this is at least creating the question of how long can this last? And is this a a sea change back to natural gas as a bridge? Also, a major manufacturer of non-stick PFAS chemicals sued the Environmental Protection Agency on Wednesday over its new drinking water health advisory for the chemical Gen X. The petition was filed by the Comores Company and the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Third Circuit. For context, Gen X is a PFAS chemical, and the EPA issued an advisory last month saying that Gen X chemicals should be considered dangerous to human health at extremely low levels of exposure. But the document is purely advisory and carries no regulatory weight. 
Still, the company argues that EPA's health advisory was scientifically flawed and that EPA should have put the document out for public notice and comment. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our newsletter at politico.com slash morning energy. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Norman Malaykel is the podcast producer. Raghu Manuvalan edited the show this week. Jenny Amens is the executive producer of audio at Politico. Our editors are Matt Daly and Gloria Gonzalez. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back on Monday. Did you know that Chevron is exploring ways to expand their hydrogen fuel production to help make heavy-duty transport lower carbon? Find out more at chevron.co slash hydrogen fuel.